Hello, 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 you guys. Welcome back to Saved Not Soft. I'm so excited and blessed that you guys are here. You're listening and you're thirsty and hungry for Christ. And I'm gonna tell y'all, you gonna get it today because this episode is really intense. And I feel like each episode I get really excited to talk about the topic that God put on my heart. But there's something just so fresh and tasty about this one. Um, especially since I believe this message is really catering towards the female audience and habits and patterns that we have that is throwing us into perversion and confusion. And today we are going to talk about the fact that we need to crucify our fantasies. But before we talk about that, my name is Emmy Moore. If you've never seen my face, face hello, or heard my lovely voice, uh, welcome to Save Not Soft, where we talk about all things Jesus, navigating your walk with Christ, and what it's like to be a Christian. This is not a soft walk. This is hard. It's narrow. This isn't wide. You could take a stroll and like smell the flowers. Like this is this is a walk to where you are only seeing pr- the the present time. Like we know the end goal is Christ, but you know how it says in Psalms 119-105 that thy word is a lamp onto my feet and a light onto my path. We don't see the whole thing we know it's narrow though because when when the word is the lamp to my feet I could only see what's surrounded around me and when we take this walk it's not just butterflies sunshines and rainbows and I can run off to whatever because if I run off to whatever it's gonna be dark so this is not an easy walk this is this is a place to where if you want to get humbled you come here (laughs) if you want to get humbled and if you want to really submit your life to Christ and transform your mind, this is the podcast you got to come to because we're going to keep it so, so real and open and very trans transparent. That's what we do down here. Down here like it's the basement, <laughs> but it's not the basement, even though I love the basement. But we're going to get just as real because I'm not afraid of confrontation and talking about hard things that we do need to talk about. Um, and things that we just can't bypass. And uh, I wanted to talk about this topic of fantasy because, and and this is going to require me to become transparent, which the Lord put on my heart, and I knew I was going to have to sit here and be transparent with you guys. But this is something I still struggle with. And my, my goal on this podcast is to not talk about things that one I don't have experience in or I don't know what I'm talking about or I'm not applying it that that is that is my nightmare I don't want to come here and speak heresy or a false teaching or preaching I want to sit here and just be real with y'all this is something I'm applying right now and something fresh that I just learned and usually when I kind of learn things more fresh I let it marinate before I before I teach it like I'll I'll keep applying it and keep doing it this is something so so life-changing though I need everyone to know immediately there is no way I could keep this to myself after learning the toxicity of fantasizing things that are improbable and this is a an issue I've been having for a very long time but didn't really confront it as an issue as until recently so that's already me being transparent to come on here and say I suck in this department. This is something I'm still working on. I want to let you guys know know uh, the process of that, how this unfolded, 
and how we as sisters and brothers, because I know there's some brothers that be watching, can unfold from this illusion of fantasy. And uh, growing up, little story time, when I was seven years old, I watched the first Iron Man movie. One thing about me is I love God a lot. And something I love less than God, but it's up there, is Marvel. I love superheroes. I love Marvel. I read the, I read the comics when I was a kid. I just love superheroes and uh, kind of like a geek confession. But like I've literally had dreams of me like being Iron Man. Like I had a suit and everything. I'd fly around just like choo, choo, choo. I don't care if that sounds so little kiddish of me, but I really do have, I hit my mic, my fault. I really uh, do have this this connection towards Marvel. I love Marvel films so, so much. I know all the details of it. That last Spider-Man that came out was crazy. Oh my goodness, me and my best friend Annika have been running through theories. Uh, and I feel like that's kind of my main talking point with everyone I speak to right now. It's just like, hey, you seen the you seen the new Spider-Man movie? That's what that's what my main talking point is right now. Besides God, but. Marvel is so infatuating to me because I grew up with a very huge, big imagination. I would like to say, honestly, besides my speaking ability, my my number one ability by far is to be creative and imaginative. That is the biggest blessing and the biggest gift that the Lord has ever blessed me with is my imagination. So when I found out about like marvel and the whole industry as a whole and they progressed with all these movies and just shows and all this stuff it completely infatuated me because it's it's like a universe that's like so big that my mind just goes everywhere like i have capacity in my brain to obtain all of that fantasy knowledge basically uh because because captain america ain't real like we don't have superheroes the hulk ain't real iron man is not real uh, but there's a part of me that wants to believe that, but I know it's not real. So Marvel has just always infatuated me, and it's because I get to play with my creativity, my imagination, and I just get to feel like I'm a kid, and I think that's great. And as I get older, you know, I can I can imagine I could be like Iron Man all day, but to me, to actually expect me to be Iron Man one day is very, very, very false, <laughs> and that's not realistic whatsoever. And I started to ask myself this week, you know, what? why am I so infatuated with Marvel? Because I've seen the Spider-Man movie, y'all, and I was so shook off it. I'm not going to give spoilers because I'm not the one to give spoilers, okay? I'm not going to tell you guys what happens in the movie. All I'm going to say is that in every Marvel movie, it leads on to something else. So you're going to leave that movie theater just all over the place. Okay, what am I thinking? What am I doing? What's coming up? What's coming up next? And I had to ask myself, why am I like this? Why do I want to know so bad what happens next of something that's not really happening? How is this, how, how is this making my life better? It's just, it's just like entertainment purposes, right? And I start to look at the Marvel and Disney industry as a whole. And then I realized this industry is selling America. no excuse me, the world of fantasy. And there's something so enchanting about 
watching superheroes fight crime and even even how like fantasy can pervert things that aren't really beautiful like for an example uh some of the villains are not really villainized super evil if anything people look at these villains and they empathize with them or they they want to be like them or they think it's cool and hot and like sexy or whatever like like star wars like Ky- kylo ren goodness gracious like every everyone's like oh my gosh i don't care that he killed this person this person this person like he's fine that's all that matters like but fantasy in these industries and in these movies and entertainment they'll pervert things to make it seem golly and good when you're just being sold on a false expectation and this is why uh you would see if you indulge yourself in a lot of fantasies and a lot of movies that uh give you unprobable expectations and situations that us as women will start to expect men to be the prince that saves us from the tower and i'm not saying that men shouldn't be pursuing that's not what I'm saying whatsoever. I'm saying that this fan, there's something about fantasy that's so infatuating and enchanting that we just want to indulge in it. And once I realized that I had a fantasy problem, I then realized how that fantasy problem was actually pushing juice into my sin. And this is why we need to talk about the fact that we need to crucify the imaginative, fantasy-like, improbable things that we make up in our minds. Because it will lead us to corruption. Emmy, you saying all this, how do I know it's true? Because it says this in the Bible. It actually talks about fantasies in the Bible. Like, the word fantasy is actually in scripture. And it talks about it in Proverbs 12:11 and it says, "Where are you at? Those who work their land will have abundant food, but those who chase fantasies have no sense." Marinate. Let it marinate. I'm going to read it one more time. Those who work their land will have abundant food. But those who chase fantasies have no sense. You can look in in the different translations of this verse, and the word fantasy is used almost every single time. Or or for what I'm from from what I have seen, it's used every single translation. Don't take my word on it though, because maybe there's some translations I didn't look at. But that word fantasy, if you work in your land. You will get abundant food. But if you just sit in your room and fantasize and dream about it all day, how do you expect to be planted in the very area that you haven't worked in? This is why every successful person who is good in like, I don't know, like marketing or real estate will be like, look, you could sit around and want and desire to sell houses and flip houses all day. But if you don't get up and put yourself in that industry... Like, what are you doing? You're just chasing fantasies. Your mind is your playground, but it's not your reality. And this is exactly what God is trying to say to us. That we cannot sit and think about things that are improbable to entertain ourselves 
when there is work that needs to be done and we need to be fed. We can't sit and fantasize and think about the things that are just throwing us into this, this la-la land when there's work that needs to be done. And usually fantasies are um, biblical. One thing uh, I, I, I realized, and this is kind of like a confession, is that I had a really terrible fantasy. Or this is, because I'm telling y'all, I'm still in the process of unconverting from this because this is like a trained mindset I've had for a while. And I, the things I fantasize about usually circle around the things that I've lacked in. So um, I have, and I know y'all are definitely going to relate to this. And I have to say it because this body isn't even mine. It's all for the glory of God. I have to say it. Don't be embarrassed or scared. My imagination, I'm going to rephrase. My fantasies circulate around the lack and the grieving process of me not having stable men in my life. So when a good look and man comes by, I'm thinking of a wedding dress. I'm thinking about our kids' names, what car we going to drive, the house we living in, shoot, anything. And, and it's because I fantasize and indulge in things that I've highly lacked in. And, what's that, and what that is doing is when I'm indulging in those fantasies, one, I'm actually idolizing something that isn't true. It's something that is completely delusional. Like I'm on complete delusion island when I fantasize about things and I'm sitting and playing and entertaining with my fantasies, something that is not even real. But it's it, there's a deeper desire under it, which is that I want to be loved, I want to be heard, and I want to be valued and I want to be important. I just go about it the wrong way. I just go about it the wrong way. And when we indulge and we entertain these fantasies and pull up a chair and have hot cocoa with it, we're putting those things above God. Things that we made up. And we know that we can't lean on our own understanding. Proverbs 3, 5. Trust in the Lord and do not lean on your own understanding. So... When, when I make these fantasies and I'm, and I'm indulging them and I'm leaning on them and I'm expecting them to be true, I'm not leaning on Christ's understanding. I'm leaning on mine. I'm leaning on my delusions. What fruit do you think that's going to produce? Nothing holy. Absolutely nothing holy. And I know some of you guys are listening to this and automatically things that you know that you've been fantasizing about have come up. Because this is like fantasies, like creating fantasies, you're completely sober doing it. I can't tell you how many times I've listened to songs or replayed songs just to hear the certain part so I could fantasize about me like kissing a guy in it. That sounds so crazy, but it's so real. Like, I will fantasize, like, oh my gosh, Prince Charming, like, oh my, like that, that's that part to Pink and White by Frank Ocean, where it's like, I'm not going to sing. Let me not embarrass myself. 
but you guys gotta know it. And it goes like, uh, uh, that part. I, there was a time in my life where I kept replaying that part of the song and I was just thinking of like, oh my gosh, if I was married and that was my yeah. Like, that's what us girls do. We're so like mushy, ushy, gushy. And we just want to have that that fantasy, that that love story, that that Prince Charming and Princessa-like moment. And when we indulge in these things and then we get snapped back into the reality that this is not happening, what do you think that's doing to you? Nothing good. Absolutely nothing good. I know for a fact I went off my notes. I'm just so passionate about this topic today. So, um, oh gosh, this verse is crazy. I'm not going to say that verses are nasty anymore because I got called out for that on social media because I, w- I would always say like, oh my gosh, this verse nasty. I don't mean that it's gross and that the word of God is disgusting. That's not what I mean. I mean that my flesh like wants to scream when it hears this verse because it's true. And my spirit rejoices when it hears something like this. But this this verse makes my spirit do cartwheels. Absolutely. <laughs> oh my gosh. We got to break it down. James 1, 14 through 15. And it says, But each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. Pause. You are tempted and lured and enticed by your own desire. What are fantasies? A self-delusionized, a self-delusionized desire. So those desires you're making up, it is using it is being used as fuel. But each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. Then desire, when it has conceived, gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is fully grown, gives birth to death. Do you understand how this this is actually disgusting? Not that the word of God is disgusting, but what's so nasty to me is that our self-desires that God... Mm, mm, sorry, Holy Spirit, God... God gave us this blessing to be like him and we are made in his image how sick and twisted is it that we've used our god-liked minds to fantasize about things in a perverted and satanic way to worship things and delusional situations over god That is so sick to think about. That the very mind that the Lord gave us, that we use it to glorify and imagine situations that aren't really even happening. And we, when we indulge in that, it gives birth to sin. And then that results into death. Because you'll always hear that, you know, being tempted isn't the issue. It's, it's actually sinning because you're going to get tempted no matter what. We know that temptation isn't necessarily a sin because Jesus got tempted. And Jesus is perfect. Amen. We understand this. So when fantasy comes, we understand that fantasy is the gateway drug to you sinning. It's basically foreplay 
to your sin. So when you're indulging in your fantasies and in things that aren't supposed to happen, you think about this guy or this girl and y'all having a good little time, but they don't know that you feel like that. But yeah, I'm still going to think about it because it's fun and my mind likes it. What do you think that's actually doing for your salvation? And sometimes fantasies won't just start with a, oh, I like this girl. It will turn into a, oh, I want to do something with this girl or guy. And then you start indulging and entertaining the fantasy of lust. So then whenever that guy or girl comes around, oh, it's going to be real easy for you to slip up. It's going to be real easy for you to slip up because you've been entertaining the foreplay of your sin. That's absolutely nasty. And we are the orchestrators of that. If you don't think you're evil, check yourself. If you don't think you're evil, check the way that your brain operates. I'm telling you, learning this has changed my my mind about so much. Even even like in a in a context as of right now as to where I'm dealing with this is I won't even just fantasize things that are just like sexual. Even though that does that like I'm guilty of that. I'm not going to sit here and be like, "Oh, I haven't thought about I definitely have." And I had to cast that down. It's not just that 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 struggle whoa, hello. It's not just that where I struggle or it's not just that where fantasy comes into play. It could even be with anger or other emotions. So one thing I do a lot and I have to learn to stop doing this is if someone gets me mad or ticks me off, I'll fantasize a conversation with them. And me just t- telling them how I feel in my head. And having this full-on conversation with it will, and it will run me rampant. That's been happening to me recently, like this this past like few months. I've just been hitting heads with someone. Or even just like with uh with like ones who have really hurt me in my life. Like I'll just go through this conversation in my head of how they hurt me and tell them, and I'm like, and then I have to step back and I'm like, what is this doing? This is just stressing me out even more. And it's bringing the problem more to the surface because I'm entertaining it with my mind. This is not okay. This is not okay. I have to learn that those those fantasies have a way deeper desire under it rather than the surface level of, okay, I just want to think about this. There's a deeper desire to it. And I think it could be just simply that you have a desire to be loved. And we have such a huge desire to be loved that we will go extremes, even if we make a delusion or a fantasy of it in our minds to indulge in it. But here's the sick part. We won't go to God for it. And that's not okay. Instead of fantasizing about things that are delusional and made up and don't bring us true joy or satisfaction, we need to go to the Lord and lean on him. And this is why we can't lean on our mind, our understanding, or our fantasies. Because they will snap every time I put weight on it. Every single time. 
But the Lord, we know, is firm. You can't snap a rock. I don't think so. Can a human snap a rock? I don't, I don't think so. I don't think that's been done. I think one thing, why, why I feel like this is so urgent is because I understood, once I understood the danger of fantasy, that I was like, oh no, I'm still learning this, but I need to tell everybody on the rooftops because this is urgent. Imagine how much stuff we could prevent, like, like sinfully. Imagine how much sin we want to go through with if we dealt with the conceiving part, which is us conceiving fantasy. Like, imagine, imagine if we went to the root of it. It's basically like, okay, this flower sprouted. Here's your sin. And you just like chop off the leaves. But there was this whole root connected. And that root is what you've been watering Oh, gosh. That is sick. That is so sick. Your sin is a plant. And the pretty flower that's up here, you could chop this off. There's a whole root. That root is your fantasy, your self-indulgence, your pride, your delusions, and you've been watering it and taking care of it and making sure it gets enough sunlight. Oh, so gross. So gross to think about. Because the very thing that we complain about, this flower, we've actually been entertaining the growth process through fantasizing and through fantasy. We've been entertaining the growing process through fantasy. And imagine how much Sin we could prevent in our lives if we addressed the problem that we have with entertaining the root. How'd this get here? Because you were watering all of this. Oh my gosh, how did I sleep with my ex? Because you've been dreaming about him every single night. And you've been stalking his Instagram pictures. So of course when you saw him, you, was gonna, you were going to want to lay down with him. And do something you shouldn't have done. Oh my gosh, I can't believe I did this. Like, look at the prerequisite of it. Like, look at what you were doing beforehand that then transferred you to your sin. You are entertaining it. Don't lie. And I noticed that a lot of the stuff, a lot of the stuff, if not not all, everything that I've slipped up in was pretty much intentional because I was entertaining it behind the scenes. And I think like we could be so passive towards, we're just going to talk about sexual immorality for a second. When it comes to lust, I think people have a way bigger problem with someone fly hello get away people have a way bigger issue with people sleeping with another like say if a person were to sleep with another person rather than someone just like masturbating at home like 
that is the same thing. It's both sexual immorality. This though, like say what you're doing at home by yourself, fantasizing, pleasuring yourself, all that stuff. That is fuel to you doing this act. And I think in church, we often focus on, oh, well, they slept with this person. They not a real Christian. We could have really prevented this if we spoke more about porn or masturbation and the toxicity of it. Because the whole reason as to why people are doing this is because they're entertaining the root system. And we need to address this so we're not surprised when this happens. Or so this doesn't, so this doesn't happen at all. Because when you don't, when you don't address the root situation, you're going to keep wondering why there's just these ugly flowers of sin sprouting in your garden. And speaking of gardens, great transition where we see fantasy happen for the first time is in the garden. And I know I got my loyal listeners. And I feel like I always talk about Genesis 3. And like, I was just, I, did I not? No, I didn't talk about this last week. I was talking about Nehemiah. But the week before that, didn't I talk about Genesis 3? I swear, it's like every other podcast I talk about Genesis 3. But we see in the garden, fantasy was brought up for the first time. Y'all know the story, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna read it again. Genesis 3, 1 through 6. Now the serpent was craftier than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God actually say, you shall not eat of any tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden, but God did say, you shall not eat of the tree that is in the midst of the garden, neither shall you touch it, lest you'll die. But the serpent said to the woman, you will surely not die. For God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes. And that the tree was desired to make one wise. She took of its fruit and ate. And she also gave some to her husband who was there and he ate. gonna read that last part one more time so when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes and that the tree was desired to make one wise it says nothing about the tree of knowledge and good and evil being delightful for your soul only to your eyes what fantasies do you have that is desiring to the eyes, but yet annihilates your soul. Because Eve saw this fruit and it looks good. It looks pretty. And she was souls by the infatuation and the enchantment of this fruit. And you got to think, Satan came and made God's goodness look bland and boring. And he said, here's something right here that you don't know about. And you'll be like God. When you have it. Satan sold Adam and Eve on a fantasy. Adam and Eve messed up because they believed the fantasy. So a fruit, a a fruit that they believed that, that could give them 
more than what, like, you got to realize Adam and Eve was in a garden, in a world with God, uninterrupted, in a, in a, in a perfect garden with the one and only God. And yet they were presented with this lie, with this fantasy that there could be something more desirable. And yet they indulged in it. And that produced death. This is where we see the cycle. Fantasy, sin, death. Satan sold them on a fantasy. They chose and they sinned because they chose to. That resulted to death. This happens with every single sin that's committed. I think, oh, this might be good. Okay, I can see the benefits. I make the decision, I fall. And because I fell, I'm destined for this. Good news, if you stand with the Lord Jesus Christ, you're born again. So we, we don't, we, but, we, but the death that we do have to die to is our pride, is our selfishness, is our self-ambition, is our desires, our fantasies. We have to die to that. When you stand in Christ, you can't come into agreement with the things that he's shaking his head no on. Just can't sit here and do whatever you please because you feel like it. God died to that part. We have to die to that part. They believed the lying fantasy. And I think and, and I think that phrase, like desiring to the eyes, I, I believe that is so important that scripture says that. Because how many people or things do you know that is desiring to the eyes, but it is not good for you whatsoever? That's why you see so many beautiful women or girls that are, let me rephrase. This is why you see so many really good women or men be with people who got a terrible personality and they, and they terrible, but they look good. And I would like to also say that that's a struggle that us as humans have. We will look at people's appearance before we look at their hearts and assess them. Like imagine, I love Michael B. Jordan. I think that man is gorgeous until I found out he was short and I'm a tall king, queen. I'm not king. Oh my gosh. To, until I found out he was kind of shorter. And I was like, no, not Michael B. Jordan. It's okay. It's fine. But Michael B. Jordan is gorgeous. You realize that if, I don't know Michael B. Jordan personally, but if Michael B. Jordan was a very terrible person, like if he was bad, you realize how many people would still like and love him just because he's good looking? This is why wise people say that, and I'm not saying Michael B. Jordan's the devil. I'm just saying, I'm just saying that this is that this is just an analogy, okay? Because Michael B. Jordan's a really good looking man. But this is why wise people will say that you don't see the enemy or Satan as this this scary human being with pitchforks and, and devil horns. Satan's probably gorgeous. Because Eve saw that fruit. And she was like, ooh, what is that? I think I need it. It was desiring to the eyes, but yet killed her soul. And our fantasies are desiring. 
we look our, at our fantasies and they look yummy and scrumptious. And this is everything I want. But yet, my fantasies are going to result ultimately into sin. Which then plays into death. Like, I'm not going to say that. <laughs> God, give me a better, a better analogy. I'm not going to say that. Like, imagine... Okay, let's just be real. Uh, I don't know if I could say this right, so I'm not going to say it at all. Because I don't want to butcher it. Never mind. But fantasies look pretty. That's what I'm trying to say. They look pretty. And they look nice. And they look sweet. But they're, they're not. Because they're not real. And we see that, that the Garden of Eden was then turned into a wasteland. That it was turned into a junkyard. Because you indulge in a fantasy rather than living in the sustainable, reliable truth, which is Christ. And we do that with our fantasies. God is right here. And we're doing everything with him. Yeah, we love you, God. We go into worship services and we singing and praising his name. But oh my gosh, who's this that just followed me on Instagram? And the God blue check mark. Mm, let me look into this. And then you think about how many kids you want with them. <laughs> the say the dates. We gonna get married. Have this. Grow old together. Watch TV on, on our little sofa chairs. And what you're doing is you're literally. Sorry, Mike. And what you're doing is you're literally walking away from God and entertaining this. Like. We leave God when we fantasize. And it's sad. And it's sad. And I think of Philippians 4, 8, when it says, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. You have to question your fantasies. Is this noble is this praiseworthy? Are my fantasies lining up with Christ? If they're not, I shouldn't even think about them. I should not think about them. Because when a thought comes up, you have two choices. You can entertain it or you could cast it down. You have a choice. And I guess there's some people who could combat this and complain and be like well you know there's like intrusive thoughts what if like i think things come up that i don't even want to think about like i'm having a roman seven moment like the things i want to do yet i do them because the evil that lives right within me so what do i do about those intrusive thoughts what if i what if i can't get rid of it mm, that's a lie because we know that in was it second second corinthians 10 3 through 5 it says for though we live in a war in for though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments in every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. This is the key part. And we, 
and we take captive of every thought and make it obedient to Christ. Through Christ, and this is through Christ, you can't do it on your own, through Christ, you had the ability and the authority to not only take captive of your thoughts, but to make them obedient to Christ. So we just can't keep blaming the, oh, it's just my sinful nature. That's why I'm doing it. You're just not being put on game. If you don't step up, we need to go up to these thoughts with the authority of Christ, take it captive, and 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 make it obedient to Christ. We have the authority to do that because Christ dwells in us. And this is where it kind of like dumps into my into my like conclusions of like what what do we need to do about this? Because we can talk about the problem of of fantasizing all day and how it leads to sin and how it's not good whatsoever. We know this now. We know this, y'all. Do you see why this is so urgent? This is literally like the gateway drug to sin. It's terrible. But we could talk about how bad it is all day. What are we going to do about it? What are we going to do about this? We need to understand we need to protect our minds and our heart. This is so important. Because we'll put our, ourselves in situations with no armor and think that we're fine. No, you ain't. If you go in there by yourself, Because we'll go into things thinking, oh yeah, I'm a Christian, I'm a believer, but you left God outside. Like you could be a Christian and a believer and still leave God out of stuff because you're selfish. I'm a believer, God, stay out here while I go in and fantasize with this man I shouldn't be with. We need to protect our hearts and our minds from these fantasies that we indulge in and that are not healthy for us whatsoever. And I had to put this into practice. What this this is what I want y'all to take away from this week. What How do I want to say this? What tempts you to fantasize? What are your triggering points of fantasy? What are things that you see or do that makes you fantasize about things you should not be fantasizing about, which ultimately makes you sin? Address it, confront it, and cast it down. I'm going to tell you my example. Something that was throwing me into lust that I'd even know that was throwing me into like thoughts like this was I was following a lot of promiscuous women. Girls don't really talk about this a lot. I've only really heard men talk about this. And uh, with. Okay. So I've. I used to. Because now I don't. Because I unfollowed them. I was following a lot of women. Who were really, really promiscuous. Like I was. Fo- and, and what's. And what's so sad is that they were people I was cool with too. Like I met them. more cool. Like we friends. Ultimately, I had to unfollow them because they were just sharing pictures that were very, very promiscuous and very, like, even, like, they was shaking their bums and doing all this stuff that was just kind of like, ooh, girl, that's very exploiting, you know? And it's not that I was, like, 
like felt attraction towards it. That's not what it was. I wasn't attracted to it. I, my flesh was attracted to the behavior. And there was a part of me that, an evil part of me that wanted to be like these girls. And that was throwing me into this fantasy of being promiscuous. Which then increased my desire to be promiscuous, even though that's not what I actually want to do. If you don't think what you post matters, it does. And these, are, and these were women that were overly promiscuous. I'm not talking about girls on the internet that I just... I'm not talking about girls on, on Instagram that are just pretty. I'm talking about girls that were on Instagram and they'd be shaking their butts and they'd be holding their boobs like this and just really, really inappropriate. Stuff that you wouldn't show like your little brother or sister, basically. Something you want to pull out, pull out at the at the family table. Something that you wouldn't project on a, on a church screen, okay? Like stuff that is overly promiscuous like that feeds into my flesh. And I know I can't tell these women to stop, but I can definitely prevent myself from being like, okay, this tempts me. This makes me feel a certain way. I need to unfollow these women and I don't give a, a dang if they like, oh my gosh, I thought we were cool. We're still cool. I just can't be in the proximity of your behavior because it tempts me. And uh, it is what it is. I'd rather do 200 unfollows than fall into the same temptation and sin. Like if anything, I feel like that's, that's very easy. But some of us kind of get like, oh, what if I hurt their feelings? Or if I get like this, like, you don't have to get over it. What's it what does it say in Galatians 1.10? If I'm now pleasing other people, am I really a true servant to Christ? That's, that's literally what it says in Galatians. Are you going to put other people above your salvation? You better not. Because would you really be a true servant? And that was just like one thing out of my list of things that just be tempting me. Just, um... Stuff like that. So so girls on my Instagram that were overly promiscuous, couldn't do. I don't really get tempted by men pictures. Like I follow I follow some guys on my Instagram and they cute. Like, okay, whatever. Like I, I have people that I follow that are like attractive, but not to where like I lust over it. Like that's never been an issue. But with women, it, it's been an issue where I'm looking at these girls' Instagram pictures and I'm just like, dang, they are showing a lot right now. Like that is, and that's not me being judgmental. That's me being very factual. Like this is very vulnerable, like posing and imagery that you're putting out. Like if you're running a crop top, that's not going to phase me. But like I'm seeing full booty cheeks in the screen. <laughs> like you don't think that that's going to make me feel or tempted in any certain way? I feel like that's common sense. Like, and even, even when I was quote unquote, like doing stuff like that before I found Christ and posting pictures like that, I knew that it wasn't good. Like, 
People want to complain about my modesty now. Sorry, now I'm just ranting. But people want to complain about my modesty now. Y'all got no idea where I was posting on my Instagram even two years ago. I was posting pictures that were not okay and I knew they weren't okay. I was simply doing it for the male gaze and even female gaze too to seek validation. Just, oh my gosh, she's so sexy and all this stuff. Like, look at her body. Yeah, that's exactly why I was posting those pictures. Now, I just like to look fly and people get pissed off over my freaking stomach or my shoulders. I think you're tripping. I don't think it needs to go that far. But in in the sense of like booty cheeks all over and you bending over a certain way, that's a position you should say for the bedroom. That's probably not something you should be putting on Instagram. Cuz it it's not like it throws people off. This is if you walk with Christ. If you don't, do whatever you want. Just don't expect to follow oh, out of me. I'm not going to follow you. But um, that, that was just something like I had to take, take out. Also, um, what was fueling my fantasies was even like watching movies and shows like that even have like very sexual scenes, like had to take it out. Like I can't watch stuff like that. If it comes up, fast forward through it. I can't watch it all the way through um, because then it will make my mind just like start going. Even like books that I would read that were just like love books. It would just make me feel a certain way. Can't do it. Just, nope. Just little stuff like that. But those were all like triggering points that made me fantasize about things and then I would fall into sin. So it's like taking those those precautions of, okay, I know this is going to be an asset for me to fall into temptation and sin. So I might as well just cut it off here. And this is self-work. This is something you got to assess with God. You can't let anyone, I'm not telling y'all to unfollow. Like this is stuff I struggle with. Not all women of God be struggling with. This is what I and me more struggle with. I'm not going to tell you what you can or can't do. God is responsible for that. You know what tempts you. You know what you fantasize about. You know what throws you into confusion. Those are the things you need to take out. Like, we have personal convictions. That was mine. In no way, shape, or form am I pushing that agenda on anybody else. I'm just saying I had to take a really good look in the dang mirror and be like, you, you've been indulging in these things that have been hurting you. So, that's homework. Look at yourself in the mirror. Look at what you're indulging in, even if it seems innocent. Because I didn't know that the stuff that I put on my list was affecting me like that. Look at what you're what you're being tempted by. I know some people will be like music. Like music don't tempt me. Like music doesn't like I don't listen to a like a like a song and then immediately like think of this unless if I'm like thinking of something prior that was fueled by something else. But music really don't like, like by itself doesn't really fuel my fantasy in a um, biblical way, if anything. But I know for some people it does. I know for some people it does for sure, though. There, I just remember there was one time where I was really fantasying over that pink and white with Frank Ocean. <laughs> but besides that, mm-mm, it doesn't really tempt me. But you know your own temptations. You know your own your own desires and what's not good. That's what you need to take up to God. And that's what you need to set boundaries around. We talked about boundaries last week. Girl, you are valuable. 
understand that you're valuable enough to make boundaries and set precautions for yourself so you don't fall into the things that are not valuable. We have to be careful. We have to be careful. Is there any other verses? I think that's all I want to say. Mm. Proverbs 4.23, above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. Are your fantasies really yours or is it just a projection of your flesh? Your, we know your heart's deceitful and your heart is going to push out things that ain't so good. We need to take every thought and every desire captive and make it obedient to Christ. And I believe with the help of the Lord, we could do that. I really, really do believe it. We're going to pray. And then I got a few announcements. And then we're going to dip on them. So let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I just pray that you spoke to my brothers and sisters on the other side of the screen. I pray that you just give us clarity. And you reveal to us things that have not been serving us. And things that have been hurting us and bringing us down to the ground and things we've been fantasizing about that you just address them that we put them at your feet we know that your hands heal father so we're just trusting that as we address these fantasies that we need to give to you that we will not miss them that instead of fantasizing about things that will never happen we will instead trade that for your oversatisfying love. Because we know that your love endures over everything. And we're trusting you that in no matter what situation, in no matter what season we're in, that you were always good, you were always satisfying, and you will always do good for those who love you. And we know that, and we're trusting in you, Father. So God, I pray that we just stay self-disciplined, that you help us in this area because we cannot do it ourselves. We are weak, Father. We need you. We desperately need you, Father. We need you to help us address these things and make them obedient to you. We can't do any of this without you. And we're just under your submission and under your grace and mercy, which we thank you for. And we, we just thank you for your presence and your patience and how you're so patient with us, even though... We can be annoying and disrespectful. I just I just repent of putting all things I've thought about that don't glorify you. That I've idolized them. That I indulge in them. God, no more. No more. I pray that this is a this is a new season of of renewing our minds and stepping into a new season that is completely being refined and rewired for your glory and not for ours. We love you, Jesus. I'm trusting that you're, that you're doing work in your children just as you're doing in me. We love you in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 few announcements. Okay. Kind of sad news, but not really that sad. Uh, next episode will be the last episode of Save Not Soft for a month. <laughs> so I'm going to be taking a month break uh, after next episode. 
because I've done good. I've done good with this ministry. I've poured my whole dang heart into this. I need a break. I need a regroup. I need a rest in the Lord. And uh, I will be back mid-August. Mid-August, I will be back. Uh, But there's going to be one more episode. Then after that, we're taking a month break. And then we'll be transitioning into season two. So I'm really excited. Other things, if you need prayer requests, there's a link down below that you can fill out. If you need prayer, I will be praying for you guys. There's also another link if you gave your life to Jesus in in any of my episodes uh, and submitted and gave your life to him and accepted him as your Lord and Savior. Please fill that link down below so I could pray for you and continue to do so. And then lastly, if you feel led to tithe towards this ministry, there's also a Cash App link down below for you to tithe. If you don't have money or you don't want to tithe for any reason, which is totally fine, prayers are always accepted. I'm always needing prayer. If you could just pray for this ministry, my leadership, and just uh, how God's moving in my life, that would be really, really amazing. So, um, no money, that's okay. Prayers are always welcome. So I thank you guys always for just listening and being so obedient to Christ and just being in a posture to listen to him. And this is just my interpretation. This is just what the Lord has been doing through me. I encourage you guys to please be in your word. Don't make me your doctrine. Go go in this week. Like Let this message marinate, but don't let it be your doctrine. See what God has to say, what he is telling you. Uh, how he's speaking to you this week, and um, and yeah, that's that. Just be in your word, and that's it. I think that's it. I love you guys so much. You know I love y'all so so much. I will see you two weeks from now. Until then, have a blessed two weeks. I'll be praying for you guys, and please pray for me as well. Okay, love you guys. Bye.